0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big
1: Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT.
0: And I am Jeffrey the Greek. at Jeffrey the Greek, thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We record this on Sunday afternoon, the day after yet another crazy, unbelievable day in college football. Um, I know this is a Big Ten football-specific podcast, but Alabama got beat yesterday. Yeah, I was watching the end of it. I mean, and it wasn't just fluky here, there. Texas AM and worked Alabama's secondary with a backup quarterback multiple times in the game. Uh, I'd like to point out that this is the part of the, uh, you know, just 24 hours ago or so, was a part of the Alabama-Georgia Two team grouping that was untouchable sure. by all of college football right. until they got beat by a two lost Texas A. Well, team. even
1: but even after they barely escaped against Florida, who's probably a little overrated. Let's be honest. Yep. So yeah, I mean, the good news is it's we're finally seeing some
0: variety in college football. So like I think on one of the podcasts, like we've been pointing out since literally before that first snap this year that it was going to be a crazy year. It's very rare in sports or just in life in general where something comes out as crazy as you expected it or hoped it would be. This is meeting, if not exceeding, expectations for how nuts it is. Because
1: I'm going to go through, for some of these games, I'm going to point out things that I was totally wrong on this
0: year. Oh, yeah. We were both wrong on some stuff. So Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, The other thing I'd like to point out is, so that's the Texas A&M team that just beat Alabama. Yeah. That had to scrape together to beat Colorado, yeah. who the next week Minnesota destroyed thirty to nothing. Who then turned around, sorry, Gopher fans, and lost to Bowling Green. Right, uh, and Bowling Green, I think I boat, it was Tulsa. I can't remember who, but you, I, the, the transitive property is not traveling even more than it usually doesn't travel this year. It, it oh, is literally survive in advance every single week sure is it's insane it's but it's enjoyable it's more enjoyable than a typical season I I think, I think so yeah. I think so I think well and I'll say this uh on the last podcast we talked about how there was multiple extremely uh uh confident fan bases in the big Ten yeah predictably or as it should have been predictably that has led to an extremely salty fan bases <laughs> throughout the big Ten. I don't know how much we're gonna get into that but there's a few th- fan bases th- that are not very confident right now right and then there's a few fan bases that I think are still a little bit confident but just are pissed off uh, but I believe there should be at least five big Ten fan bases that feel pretty good about themselves right now seeing as how we've recorded this late enough in the day on Sunday where the AP poll has been released five out of the 10, which I believe if my math is correct, one half of the top 10 are big 10 teams right right now. That's incredible. And they sweep six through nine, I believe six, seven, eight, nine. I think they've got that's, that's (laughs) That's impressive. That's a thing. I would say that means that's a pretty good football conference. So uh, should we just get right into the games? we got kind of a shorter slate this week. All games were on Saturday, October 9th. First game up. Ohio State 66, Maryland 17. The Buckeyes with 598 yards of total offense. They have gone over the 500 mark 5 of their 6 games this year. That's that's pretty good. And they almost got to 600 this year. The Terps with 335 yards of total offense. So,
1: you know, that we talked about the yards per play for Ohio State going into this game and that held up here. I mean, 11.4 yards per attempt passing the ball five yards per attempt rushing the ball so they're probably still right in that in that 8.6 yards per play gained and I I don't take this as like a reflection of Maryland and how they're playing I just I it, this is just how good Ohio
0: State is playing right now uh, Ohio State has been free money for two weeks now uh, that I'm very proud to say I've cashed in on am uh, they, I believe, are idle next week, so you won't be able to... I guess what I'm saying is Vegas will now have caught up to yeah. Ohio State. You will... I mean, they were only a 14 and a half point favorite over Rutgers. Looking back eight days ago now, does that...
1: Uh, I, I took Ohio State as well, but I did take the under here,
0: which <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> did not hit. Ohio State almost got to that under? What yeah, I think his... it was 71. I think it got up to 71. <laughs> so they almost hit that on their own. Yep. A couple things here. Uh, so CJ Stroud, pretty nice day at the ballpark. Uh, 24 of 33. 406 yards, five touchdowns, and no pick. How about this? The first player in Ohio State history, first quarterback, I should say, in Ohio State history with 400 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. No kidding. All those Justin Fields stat lines and everything that we've seen. Dwayne Haskins. First one to have four hundo, five no picks. Wow. Uh, And then he is only the second to have back-to-back games with five touchdowns, Dwayne Haskins being the other one there. Can I just say this? Like, I don't know if this is possible, but I don't even know if that stat line does some of the throws he did justice. They were perfect. He looks
1: great, but speaking of looking great, Chris Olave. Remember (laughs) where we were kind of asking, where is Olave? He's got four 100 receiving games now. Seven catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns. He looks great. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba had 100 yards. Garrett Wilson had 84. I, th- just they're clicking on all cylinders offensively, and now they're starting to get a little spicy on defense too, with with a 70 yard pick
0: six at the end of the game. But the only negative thing is Haskell Garrett went out late in the game with an injury. That's something to keep an eye on. I think it's fair to say that's their most uh, uh, consistent good player on defense. Uh, the running game to give Maryland's defense a little bit of credit really was kind of limiting Travion Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. But then that kind of busted loose by the end of the game. He wound up with 102 yards. I mean, Trevion Henderson got in on the pass receiving uh, uh, touchdown fun. Yeah. When asked about it afterwards, Ryan Day was almost giggling, you know, basically just saying, well, CJ looks good. The play calling looks good. It sure helps to have these guys that we're throwing to out there. I mean, he literally, he was just kind of giggling about it because that's how good this Ohio State offense looks right now
1: yeah and you know Talia Tagovailoa he had a couple picks but other than that he he, he did do okay he moved the ball a little bit on the defense so again I, I this, I'm not looking at this as a reflection of Maryland I still think Maryland's a solid team and I still think they got wins in their future
0: yeah I'm I, I think I agree with that but I we're a little we're a little scared for Maryland aren't we I mean well here's for two two things number one Dante Dimas went out well, yeah. last week. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. And then uh, Jashon Jashon I'm Jashon Jashon Jones went out this game. So that's two of their top receivers. And the thing is, where Kim Jarrett is not, and he's th- he's been getting pretty held in check
1: this year overall.
0: Right. So it's like out of their top three guys, two are injured. The he, other did one seems, he, he did have a touchdown He did. He had one
1: catch for a touchdown, but that was all he did all, all game.
0: With sacks, they rushed for 56 yards on 36 carries, carries, which is a 1.6-yard average. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm mostly with you. This is mostly about (laughs) Ohio State just going nuclear right now. But on top of that, are we starting to kind of think with Maryland, like, uh uh-oh, another fast start with a quick crash to the earth? Because that's
1: what we've seen for three years in a row. But I think you're just going to expect that looking at
0: their schedule. Especially playing in the East. It's just going to get tougher. It it always is. And then they pull Iowa from the West. I mean, you you get Iowa one week in the top 10 and then Ohio State the next week. You know, anybody's a lot of pretty darn good teams would lose those two games.
1: And so not very good rushing numbers, as you pointed out. But we never really expect this to be a great rushing team. They're always going to live by the pass anyway.
0: With the win, Ohio State moves to 5-1 and one with the loss. Maryland drops to 4-2. and two. Next game up, my biggest whiff of the day, Michigan State 31, Rutgers 13. The Spartans, nothing else to sneeze out here, 588 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 377. So, okay, this was my upset special of the week. Yeah, um, I couldn't talk I,
1: myself into it. I
0: tried. And you, you you good job. Good yeah. job. I don't know which internal part you know it was, but it, it was good that you listened to it. The game that I pictured in my head is pretty much what happened through the first half and into the sure. second half. Um Michigan State tried a, a fake field goal, didn't get it. Uh Rutgers forced a turnover. The game was a one score game at halftime. It was kind of lack of for lack of a way or better way of putting it not the most aesthetically pleasing first half, okay, at, at times, which I thought was going to be what would happen, which was was how Rutgers would pull out the upset. And then Mel Tucker and the boys said, let's just start lighting up the scoreboard here.
1: <laughs> it is just amazing how, how quick strike their offense has become overnight. This is insane. The, I mean, this is... You basically, you've got Ohio State and you've got Michigan State. Those are the two big offensive juggernauts, and, you and say? It's,
0: and it's funny, talking to a couple of Michigan State fans, I point out, like, this is the best offensive team in the Big Ten, not named Ohio State. Yeah. And I think they're getting tired of hearing that because, you know, I mean, this is a pretty big offensive juggernaut. There are some crazy stats out of this. So, I, and I cannot believe this. I double-checked this the, the, for its accuracy. But this is only the fifth time in FBS history – that a team has had a 300-yard mm-hmm. passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 200-yard rusher. And, and Am I right? I feel like I saw that it's the first
1: time since 2000 that that's yes. happened, I think. Yes,
0: and only the second time in the history of the Big Ten.
1: And 300, th- 200, and 200. Gosh, that's crazy. And and the other thing I thought was amazing, the 94-yard touchdown run by Kenny Skywalker, that's the longest play in Michigan State history. Another one there. That was I mean, that's a long play, but you would think somewhere along the line they would have had something longer than that.
0: But it's fitting that he has it because, my gosh, he's been such oh, a big God, play. And what a great run, too, by the way.
1: Insane. He, he was Deacon dudes, basically, until he broke open, and then he's got speed to get away from people. And I love the handshake as, he, as he's going in the end zone with, cool. with Jalen Naylor, who, by the way, Jalen Naylor, holy crap, five receptions, two hundred twenty one yards and three touchdowns. It's insane. It's just like they have weapons all over the place. Uh, Mosley is a weapon. We talked about Jaden Reed as a weapon. They just, they are so
0: explosive. Out of no, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean out of nowhere, like we've seen it, no, it all kind season, of is out but of nowhere. like we like, okay. We liked their receivers Yes. before. So we had talked about their receivers even last year, but another stat line here, if you want to read off Peyton Thorne's stat line, Yeah, sure.
1: I'll go for that. Uh, 16 to 27, for three hundred forty yards, three touchdowns, and a pick.
0: When are we going to start talking about
1: Peyton Thorne? for as, for the Heisman or for like Player of the
0: Year, uh, Silver Football Award winner? Is is this not the quietest, most impressive quarterback play that definitely we've seen in the Big Ten, if not the entire country? And I like I know Kenneth Walker gets the headlines. He he deserves them, but that quarterback is dealing. He's right dealing, now.
1: and I think all we really hoped for. Going into the season, let's just get a game manager out there. You know, don't make mistakes and and hopefully establish a run game.
0: You know, use your good wide receivers. But, oh, no, no, this guy's a weapon. He's a weapon, too. Uh, Another thing with Kenneth Walker. Uh, So this is his fifth 100-yard rushing day this season. So five out of six. Sparty had four total 100-yard rushers the previous three seasons. Oh, Lord. If you want another sign that there's a new sheriff in town when it comes to Mel Tucker and how he's running this program. It's, okay. it's
1: insane. So, Yeah, great job by Mel Tucker. Amazing. Um, this is one of the things that obviously not only were we wrong on, I don't know many people that would have predicted Michigan State to have this kind of offense. But what what do you think about Rutgers? I feel like I was, I was getting kind of high on Rutgers. I don't know. Did they get knocked down a peg in this game?
0: I think so. I mean, so I, I still don't think – Noah Vejeral is the only problem. 15 to 30, 208 yards, 0 picks. They zero. had a couple of guys out for this game. Too. A couple That's important I'm offensive
1: pieces um uh Bo Melton was out, Raheem O'Neal, yep. uh, Rickwan O'Neal was out. So
0: And like I I think uh Kirkshank is a weapon. I think he's yep. still developing as a wide receiver. I think he needs to be used in more of that Swiss Army knife type of role, but now he's thrust into a more of a wide receiver thing. The uh, the offensive line is struggling like I still believe that their head coach Greg Schiano is getting everything he can out of this team. Yeah, and they battled for. I mean, it was still a game deep into. It was the the fourth quarter, so yeah. you got to give him credit for that. But at some point, you just it comes down to playmakers on the outside, and it's not like there's any contest on who has them. No, and in this game, and
1: spe- back to Michigan State, I've been waiting for them to come down to earth. I don't know if
0: it's going to happen this year. I thought this would just be the clunky game. Yeah, sure. No, it's not I, like I, f- I 100% fully expected right. Rutgers to win. I just thought it looks interesting here, but maybe they're just not going to come down. Maybe we just have to sit there. Because another thing i like to point out, too, Michigan State's defense looked better in this game, too. Now, part yeah. of that probably has to do but, with the Rutgers sure. offense, but they are good at getting behind the line of scrimmage. And here's the deal. If you're up enough, if you put up enough explosive plays... The other team is going to have to be coming from behind and would need to pass the ball. That plays right into the teeth of this defense because they've got a good pass rush. And I tell you what, both of their safeties came to play in this Oh, game, my gosh. Hitting people, covering. It was a very good performance. Yeah, Henderson
1: and Gross, they were fantastic.
0: I mean, even at 10... Michigan State's underrated right now at
1: this point. I think so. They, they
0: they need to be talked about as a contender to win the Big Ten championship. They do and go to the college football playoff. And I loved the uh, the fat guy. Yeah, running for the t- trying to run for the touchdown. Boy, Jacob he didn't, Slate. Move, he he didn't make that. it very far. I don't think he was even that interested. Jacob Slate. No, he's like, oh god, this is gonna be tight. <laughs> With the win, Michigan State moves to six and zero. They were technically speaking. The first bowl eligible yeah, team that's right. in the Big yeah. Ten. Uh with the loss, Rutgers falls to three and three. The good news for Rutgers, though, they have already <laughs> played Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Yeah. I'm not being facetious. Like they're three and three playing the three of the five okay. toughest teams in the country. And today. again, winnable games
1: left on the schedule for, for Rutgers here. Very much. Yeah. They just
0: gotta get they gotta get the good feels back here. Speaking of uh good feels, there weren't a lot in Champaign. <laughs> Wisconsin twenty-four, Illinois. Zero, the Badgers with 491 yards of total offense to the Fighting Illini, 93. Welcome to the sub-100 club. Uh, Four years ago, Iowa went into Madtown the week after boat racing Ohio State Mm. and failed to put up 100 yards of total offense. I've been there before, buddy. I know how that feels. Well, there was some good feels. I disagree with you. There was good feels in Champaign. They were just all on the Wisconsin sideline. Pretty much to the tune of 300 and ninety-one rushing yards for Wisconsin. Chelewi, twenty-one carries, one hundred and forty-five yards. Braylon Allen, out of nowhere, eighteen carries, one hundred and thirty-one yards. It kind of looked like Wisconsin yesterday.
1: It did, and you know, I said that this was a get-right game for Wisconsin. Ooh, they got right. At least on the ground, they got right. And obviously, che- Chelewi had a great game. But I liked seeing Braylon Allen. I mean, he, that guy. I think they got a nice one-two punch now. I think they found and, it,
0: and this will officially be our one-two punch. I don't think it's anything we need to get too deep into. But Jalen Berger's gone. Uh, dismissed within, from the program. Uh, I don't know, but he was he was there. He was he was uh, uh, suited up for the game. Didn't get carries. Point I'm trying to make is it wasn't like he was left in Madtown. He was there to go on a trip. And then get kicked off the team 24 hours later. Something explosive had to have happened. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy. I don't think no, no. that's I don't think that's conspiracy theorist type of thinking. But, um, yeah, Graham Mertz still not the greatest day in the you know in the history of passing 10 of 19, 100 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. But he just didn't have to do much because the Wisconsin offense. I don't I don't know what was more impressive, the Wisconsin rushing attack or the Wisconsin defense. I would probably have to say the defense. Um, I would say the
1: defense. I mean, anything, anytime you hold an offense to under 100 yards, even if it's a bad offense like Illinois, I think you got to give it to the defense here still. But you know, uh, honorable mention to the to the running game. Yeah. It, but still. Uh, but Grand, if Mertz, we yeah. we
0: know Wisconsin's defense is going to look like that the rest of the year. I don't think Wisconsin's rushing attack will look quite that good I the rest of the year. I Think so. But if it looks. like it looked on Saturday along with that defense, that's a team that can win. It'll get to a bowl game.
1: And if they could just get Graham Mertz to settle in, don't turn the ball over. He only had one interception, but still just not. you're not getting much from that position right now.
0: No, speaking of not getting much from the position, the Illinois quarterbacks, 11 of 34 for 67 yards. I mean, it's pathetic. I, I would
1: say here's something that's more pathetic than that. The Illini running backs carry the ball a grand total of 11 times in this game. That is your identity. How can you how can you let that happen? I know you're behind, but it's not like, it's not like they were down 21 zip in the first quarter. I think you still have to try to establish the run. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of complaints I have here. Obviously, the quarterback play, it's not all the quarterbacks. It's the receivers. It's the offensive line. But play calling, oh, my goodness. It's not something I typically complain about, but I
0: just don't see it from our offensive coordinator right now. Uh yeah, 13 carries for 26 yards total rushing. 2. uh like there was it was 10 to nothing. I think it was second quarter, kind of mid to early second quarter. And Chase Brown got out to the left side of the offensive line, had like a nice 20-25 yard run or something like that. I'm like, "Okay, maybe Illinois just kind of busted through a little bit." That was it. That was that was the most exciting play of the game.
1: It was a 23-yard gain. Josh McCray had 3 carries for 1 yard. Oof. Yeah. And, and Isaiah Williams' receiver had a carry. Brandon Peters had a carry. So, yeah, only 11 for the running back room. I do want to point out again, I've been talking about Kirby Joseph, right, all season, since the since the Nebraska game. This guy, again, two turnovers again. This is He is the best player on the Illinois defense right now, and he's playing himself onto an All-Big Ten team here.
0: And I understand they gave up a lot of rushing yards, but, like, I still felt like some of the momentum that Illinois has on defense carried over and through this game, but at some point – any defense just wears down when they're out on the field that much. And that's just oh, what it was. I mean, 40, almost 43 minutes. They were on the field. It was it, even for Wisconsin standards. It was insane. I, like it just felt like Illinois was going three and out every single time. And but, then it was followed up by, it would be like a 16 play 70 yard drive that kicked a field goal, <laughs> but it still took all the time sure. off the clock. W-
1: okay. One of 12 on third down.
0: That's not going to get done.
1: Boy, I don't know. I, yeah, I still have some confidence in the defense of Illinois. I have zero confidence in this offense. I don't know what's going on there.
0: I will say, completely lost. Juice Point was doing everything he could when he got the ball yeah. in his hands, but there was just there was no room to operate. No, anymore. there's no room. With the win, Wisconsin moves to two and three. With the loss, Illinois falls to two and five. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon finishes in California wine barrels. This double-barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Hashtag ask for Amador. Speaking of my, speaking of double barrel, I hit my double barrel lock of the week. So I've gone two in a row, and I went two down and two back up. So now I'm four and two because I took Ohio State covering.
1: Mine pushed. Again, really? I think it's the second push I've had on my Amador double barrel lock of the week.
0: You got to keep track of that a little yeah. bit. All right, two games left. Next game up. In in the contest for the game of the day, Michigan, thirty two. Nebraska twenty nine. The Wolverines with four hundred and fifty nine yards of total offense to the Huskers four hundred and thirty one. Yeah, I'm glad you said it because this was a great way to cap
1: off the evening it after was. that amazing Iowa Penn State game. Then just to kind of sit back and enjoy this with the with a nice Amador in my hand. This was this was as good as it gets.
0: So interesting start to the game. Nebraska does a bit of of a trick play. Catches Michigan off guard, goes all the way down the field, and you're thinking, whoa, here we go. This is, you know, this – Nebraska has – this is the launch point. Nebraska has taken off here, you know. And then they try to go for it on fourth and goal and get stopped. Wound up being – I mean, you you always know a play like that is going to be a big play in the game. It it certainly was here. And then from there on out in the first half, adjustments were made by the Michigan defense, whatever – Michigan's defense shut down Nebraska's offense almost that entire first half and took a pretty big lead into halftime. So, like, at halftime, you're thinking that's kind of the game, that's how it is, mm-hmm. and then Nebraska storms back in the second half, and then it was just a back-and-forth the whole second half where at any point you felt like either one of the team teams could have won this game. Oh,
1: absolutely. So that's another thing. You know, you got to be heartbroken as a Husker fan because your team's playing well and they're in these games and they're just not winning the close games. But it's it's hard for me to get two down in Nebraska right now because I see a pretty good football team.
0: I see a good football team too. I mean, I feel like through, you know, reading Twitter and some of my DMs that... I understand it from a fan's point of view, like as much as we can, I try to look at this from a neutral person's point of view, but if you allow yourself for a second to look at it as a Nebraska fan, I totally understand where the frustration comes from. Everybody's sick of the term moral victory, but like there was a time two years ago, we're playing a team as good as Michigan for Scott Frost. It wouldn't have looked this good, you know, like this team is right there. Um, Adrian Martinez, 18-28, 291 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. The pick wasn't as bad as that fumble was. I mean, four total touchdowns. He had 38 yards on the ground as well. So, like, Adrian Martinez, stats-wise, should be right up there with the top two or three quarterbacks in the Big Ten. But the two areas that he's lacking compared to what I would think would be C.J. Stroud and and Peyton Thorne is wins, obviously. And then just it is just back breaking uh, turnovers that happen.
1: He does have that Um, little little spice out of the running back room. Ramir Johnson, he had 17 carries, 67 yards. Like to see that Martinez,
0: their second leading ground gainer. And uh, Ramir Johnson, 105 yards through the air, 172 yards of total offense and a touchdown. So he's kind of exploded. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of frustration by Nebraska fans with the play or with the, uh, uh officiating. Sure. Um, I will I, say that PI call on Jojo Doman at the end of the first half was, uh, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again here. That thing was butt cheeks. That was a bad call and it did make a difference, but like, I felt like there was bad officiating for both sides. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, give him khaki pants credit. And obviously we'll get to Michigan. The, the, Hassan haskins had or maybe it was Blake Coram, I can't remember ran for a first down N- his knee his elbow was never down they mm. they they put they marked him down four or five yards behind right right where they uh, there there was a lot of bad calls going on in this game I guess yeah but
1: it does seem like there's more in Nebraska games than normal
0: I don't i I don't think you are a conspiracy theorist to say that it seems like at the end of a game when you look down on the calls and penalties, there's more on the Nebraska ledger than there should be.
1: It does seem like that. And I want to point out, Nick Henrich, 15 tackles, Luke Reimer, 12 tackles.
0: Those guys came to play. Absolutely. I'm, but with that being said, now we switch over to Michigan. Hassan Haskins, 21 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Dude, that Blake run? Corum, 13 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown, 204 yeah. yards rushing. That's again, pretty good. Right into the teeth of this very tough Nebraska rush defense, 5.0 yard average, that was very impressive by the Michigan offense.
1: Well, it was, but you know Nebraska on defensively, they do give up yards. Like you, you watch them and you they're they seem to be a better defense than the statistics say they are. So I I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's that abnormal for them to give up. They, I agree. They give up yards. They they're are the a-
0: opposite of well, they're not a bend but don't break. They're a break and then break the other team, and then they break, and then I don't know. I don't know how to define it. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, Cade McNamara, 22 of 38, 255 yards through his first interception of his career in this game. that's amazing. That's kind of incredible. I felt like there never was a time where I didn't feel like either offense, other than maybe like the second quarter for Nebraska, I always felt like at any time there could be an explosion of offense for either one of these teams. Mm. And with Michigan, I felt like there could have been an explosion in the passing game as well as the rushing attack. I mean, when you get up to 459 yards of total offense for Michigan, that's that's good on the road versus a good defense. Absolutely. I mean, th- th- this is rounding in to be a a total offense for Michigan. It is.
1: I mean, McNamara put up 255 yards. We weren't seeing that early in the year. They they figured something out in the passing game. Yeah. So this is becoming a more formidable Michigan team, I think.
0: And then, as far as defense, you can get them. You know, I think you can get them through the air. I think you can get them on the ground. But man, they can get you too. They 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 create havoc plays. Like that's just that's kind of in their DNA right now. Like they're just not a lock you down defense, but they're a, they're a come up with a big play defense. I don't know. Yeah.
1: So, I by the way, I love that Hassan Haskins run.
0: Absolutely, he's out
1: in the open and hurdle the guy. Normally, I you know you see those hurdle plays, it's like, hey, okay, yeah. But that was a pretty good one. He looked good because he he hurtled and then he kept going. Correct. That's why it that's was the, good. That's the trick. It's not the
0: hold right. the reservation. It's yeah.
1: It's the most important part is the
0: the the holding. Yes. Anybody can just take. Anybody can just take him. That's part of. All right. With the win, Michigan moves to six and zero. With the loss, Nebraska falls to three and four. Next game up, the Big Ten game of the week. Iowa twenty 23- three. Penn State, 20, the Hawks with 305 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions, 287. It was the national game of the week. Um, I think, by and large, it lived up to the billing, although I would say it was a bit choppy. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it was choppy, but this was... I, I You look at the... The yardage totals, two eighty
1: seven to three oh five. To be honest, that's kind of where I like it to be. I I, I don't want to see both teams, you know, ripping off six hundred yards, yeah. but I don't want to see the hundred yarders that Illinois. I would maybe puts go out.
0: like three eighty. Okay. <laughs> a little, a but I mean it, there was defense in this game, <laughs> there, is there what was. I'm saying. There
1: was. I, so I kind of enjoy that. Now, by the way, do you know what my prediction for the
0: score was? Final score? No. Twenty three to twenty, but I had Penn State winning. I I had twenty I had twenty-four twenty-three Iowa. Okay, that's so the So the funny too. thing is I was close, but I had Penn State covering, so I actually lost ATS. On right. this. That's right, how right. that's how close these lines were. This and this week. one
1: went over by one point, right? Went
0: over. Oh. I did I did hit the over. I did, I did as well. Uh wanna give a shout out to Sean Clifford. So yeah. I mean, he came out dealing, you know. Um they the little known fact about uh, Iowa's defense is when you play a lot of cover two, cover three zone, it leaves the middle of the field open. It takes a good quarterback and good receiving yes. crew to find you know the yeah. holes in the defense, stay patient and do it. For the most part, Sean Clifford came out in the first half and did that to the tune of 15 to 25, 146 yards. Now, here's what gets interesting. No touchdowns, two picks. He did have a rushing uh, uh, t- uh, touchdown and also had a decent amount of yards on the ground. Um, but so th- this is where it's going to get contentious. Okay. Cause right now whew, Penn state and Iowa Twitter not getting along. It's, <laughs> okay. a, it's a full, it's a, it's an all out war. I have not right paid now. attention. Good, good for you. You should be feel happy about that. So I want to say this. I want to make sure I state this. Anytime you lose your starting quarterback, it's, Obviously a big deal. Yeah. I don't want to hear this next man in. It doesn't make any difference. Of course it makes a difference sure. when you lose your starting quarterback. I would say though, it was 17 to 10 Iowa came back and scored a touchdown. And I do typically see a lot of, of, of adjustments made by Phil Parker, usually right around the second quarter or after halftime. Sure. So like, I don't think it would have looked as much as it did with Trey Robinson going in there because the, Take the young Taequann uh, Robinson going in there. Cause he obviously got thrust into a really, really tough situation. Yes. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, this is the sport of football. It wasn't like it was a fluke injury. He took a, a big hit did, from yeah. a big physical linebacker. Then you need to protect your quarterback. It is part of the game. Like I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it doesn't make any difference. I'm just saying this is a part yeah, but, of the game. But
1: don't you think the Milktoast National Media is going to really rail on Iowa? Well, of oh. course. Yeah. You know, well. Yeah. But they Clifford got knocked out of the game. so yeah. It wasn't that big of a. It's win.
0: only a matter of time. I mean, Iowa <laughs> did move up to two in the AP. So I guess at least the the somebody AP voters yeah. didn't hit him well, too but, much. What, but what else
1: can you do? You have to.
0: Right. And another thing I would point out too the rushing totals for the Penn State running backs 19 carries, 46 yards. Wow. A 2.4 oh. yard average. Wow. The That's Iowa huge. front seven by like essentially the only rushing attack <laughs> in the game for Penn State was from their both very mobile, very talented quarterbacks. Other than that, and then once we got into the second half, again, backup quarterback, there just was no yards and points available for the Penn State offense at so that point. So, it's
1: weird when you look at some of these stats, and that's a great stat, by the way. It's kind of hard to believe it was as close of a game that it was because Iowa won the, the time of possession battle easily. Iowa had way less penalties. Iowa, Iowa had one
0: turnover versus their four. It, it On the stat sheet, it looks like a bigger win. I agree. And again, the what's Iowa going to do when they can't turn the other team over four or five times train just keeps rolling. Sorry, folks. You're going to have to yeah, just have for to deal one, with it. One more week. With that being said, I believe, as it turned out, Iowa uh, only got three points off of turnovers in wow. this game. I'm almost and positive. And that was the
1: J- J- uh, Justin Jacobs interception. Correct. That was right, right down by the goal line. They yeah. only got a
0: field goal out of it. Shout out to Penn State's red zone defense. Yeah. It was about it. phenomenal. Brent Pry yeah. knows how to dial up a defense. But so does Phil Parker. My gosh. I mean, it's just. And that's why it's every that, week. This is
1: why I, I enjoyed watching that game so much. There was good defensive play in the There's
0: game. There's no doubt there was. Spencer Petrus had another Spencer Petrus stat line. Yeah. 17 of 31, 195 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. The uh, touchdown to Nico Reganey in the fourth quarter absolutely blew the lid off of Kinnick. It's one of the biggest plays of the year after basically all of Twitter and every. Iowa fan that I could talk to, basically saying, "When is Brian Ferentz going to get his bleep out of his bleep? Because it was not looking good. Out of the blue, they ran kind of an off direction thing. They got Spencer Petras out of the pocket. He threw across the field, came up with the play when it needed, and that was the play of the game. All right, so you're talking about blowing the lid off of Kinnick, eight false starts for that was a loud stadium. Wow, that was a loud stadium. That impacted this game. And there has to be something with the communication between the backup quarterback and the O L and the O line. Like sure. it was it definitely made a big difference in this game for for because basically, you know, if Penn State can just figure out a way to get three points in the game, then you get this game into overtime and who knows what happens in overtime, right? Yep. When you're on the short side of the field. Sure. But the offense could never get going and a lot of it had to do with those with those false starts. Okay. I've never seen that many false starts in a row like that. That was incredible.
1: So in in terms of Iowa football lower. Where does this win go?
0: I think it's I don't know if anything I mean, as far as regular season goes, the nineteen eighty five number one versus number two is always comes to to mind for me. Yeah, it's always gonna be number one. But as far as regular season goes, this is right up there. It's gotta be right up there. It's definitely right up there. The
1: eighty five game was Iowa number one or was Michigan number one?
0: Iowa's number one. Iowa's one Michigan was two. Yep.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great game. I've watched that one on replay a couple times.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and then shout out to Tyler Goodson, 25 carries, 88 yards. I felt like Iowa could have leaned on the rushing attack a little bit more and sooner than they did, but it was enough to pull out the win. And with the win, Iowa moves to 6-0 and with the loss. Penn State falls to 5-1, and but they're idle next week, and hopefully that means that uh, Sean Clifford can get healthy before the rest of the season. All right, so that brings us to the last part of the podcast, the weekly Eisman. Um, Adrian Martinez with a good game. Uh, lots of people you could point out for Ohio State. And sure. Ohio State is somewhat a victim of their own success here. A little bit. Because C.J. Stroud could obviously be the player of the game. No you doubt. You could pick out... There's a lot of could wide, wide receivers to be player of the game. <laughs> there was a lot of defensive players of the sure. game I mean, you could, across the Big Ten. You could point out Iowa defense, or you could even make a case for Penn State's defense yep. at times. With that being said, uh, the the eye popping stats and the history that was made in Piscataway yeah. by the Michigan State Triumverte. Triumvirate. 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 Not
1: to be confused with the Pentaverate. <laughs> Did you ever see so I Married an Axe murder? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The Queen, the, the, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, <laughs> and the Colonel before he went tets up. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver: Peyton Thorne, Kenneth Walker, and Jalen Naylor. This week it was Jalen Naylor. Yep. It could it could have been the other wide could receiver. Could Could have it, been Jaden Reed. Absolutely, they were incredible. They deserve uh, hats off. And I would say, by and large, maybe they did it against a little bit better defense than what Maryland could put out there. I don't know. Yeah, hard to say.
1: Pro- yeah, that's probably. Uh, yeah. Maybe By the little. way, Faragakis had a though.
0: big. He could have been another player oh, of the game. He's I mean, good that guy every, every week. Them. So, good there. Yeah. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk Too to you soon. soon.